Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome into the Friday edition of the OBR Newswire podcast. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Going to have an exciting guest on in just a minute, following up Film Friday that we started last week on defending Lamar Jackson. Get to that in just a second. Before then, we're going to talk to you again about our presenting sponsor, betonline.ag, here at Blue Wire on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Trust betonline.ag if you're getting back into gambling. Maybe NASCAR's piqued your interest. Uh, possibly some other things out there floating to start the NBA, the MLB. You could even get in on some UFC action. There's also the $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge. You can get in on that as well. Um, that's a free, st- a free entry tournament-style bracket that's going on with Madden Simulations. Get in there and win some money. They still have the blackjack and poker that's 24-7. Make sure you go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to get that welcome bonus today. Again, betonline.ag, your trusted online partner. And they'll be able to get you that welcome bonus that unlocks pretty easily, as opposed to other sites, using the promo code BLUEWIRE. So we are back on Film Room Friday here at the OBR Newswire. We're going to talk with John Stephenson. We're going to bring him back. If you did not listen to last Friday's podcast, um, I urge you to do so. We are doing um, sort of a parallel part on the podcast to his writing that comes out every Friday. Um for, the, for this three-part series, again, started last Friday, where we talked about uh, three his first three parts of defending Lamar Jackson, right? The Browns have a unique situation on their hands of defending Lamar Jackson over the next probably decade here, and how they stop Lamar Jackson or how they're able to contain the Baltimore offense is going to be paramount to any efforts at winning this division, as so many hope for this Browns franchise, and... Um, an interesting question to sort of backtrack here. An interesting question came up in our Ask the Insider section, and John decided to write on this whole topic. So if you did not listen to part one, I really, really urge you to do so because we broke down at the base level why we're doing this, what the Ravens run um, run game looks like specifically. And we're really, a, a reminder here, only talking about defending the run. We're not talking about defending the pass. Just specifically, how do you defend the frickin' Ravens run game that can come out and, and, and 12 personnel, 22 personnel, um, you know, pistol, two back, and then the next play come out and empty set. It's a, such a difficult offense to defend. And we want to look at how you defend the run game and specifically their option game that is so challenging. And defending Lamar, again, is going to be a key part of things. So in the first episode, we covered um, who gets the ball. These are the first three important aspects. Who gets the football, dictating who gets it. Motion, you better have a plan against motion, whether that's yanking the chain or whatever that plan might be. We covered some areas in which the Browns did this, and they have uh, options in place for that, and they will continue to hopefully do so next year. And then eating double teams at the point of attack. So we covered those three in depth. John wrote on this. You should read part one, listen to part one of last Friday. And then I'm going to bring John in here in just a moment where we're going to talk about his next three pieces. So, again, these are all at the OBR. You can find them there. This podcast network here, if you go back and search, you'll see Friday Film Room last week. You can cover part one. So in just a moment here, we're going to bring John over, and we're going to talk about how the heck do you stop Lamar Jackson with three main parts. Let's get over to our interview with John Stephenson. 
John, welcome in, my man. We are gonna we're gonna dive right into this thing. We are gonna talk. Your first point for this week's piece is post snap line movement. So explain to the listeners why post snap line movement is advantageous um, against you know a run game like Baltimore presents, and then um, you know talk about why it might be difficult for the quarterback and, and maybe the running back to decipher where they need to go. Yeah. So uh, post snap line movement. Um, great. Uh, great run stop call. Um, very good way to um, you know, essentially force force blockers to uh, you know to adjust after the snap. So when when we say post snap line movement, we're talking um, you know um, defenders, particularly the defensive line, stemming or stunting into a new gap um, you know after the ball snap. So they're aligned in let's say our our strong ends aligned in his normal five technique over the outside shoulder of the tackle. Snap to the ball, he's going to stem it into let's say a B gap. So that kind of movement there. So. Um, it does a couple of things for you. Um, you know, first against the um, you know the blocking scheme or against the concepts that Baltimore runs. Um, a lot of their they run a lot of blown t- or zone blocking stuff. So, um, you know, your zone blocking rules are based on um, you know essentially blocking an area. So your your linemen essentially they're they're counting players off. Um, you know, depending on the formation and where defenders are aligned, that you know they're going to have a certain person. So when you change that person post snap, you're uh, first you're forcing them to think. So anytime you can force a football player to, you know, to adjust his rules on the fly, um, you know, something bad could happen, um, you know, against the gap block stuff. So plays where they're pulling a guard or where they're pulling a, um, you know, a guard tackle, a guard tight end and so on. Um, essentially, they're trying to build a wall and cut players off. So what, the, what your stunts can do there is that they're going to allow your, uh, your defensive linemen to, to cut across the face of those blocks or uh, we call them down blocks. So um you're, you're coached oftentimes to, uh, you know, to basically to fight back across those. So when you're getting those stems, you essentially get a run and start on beating across. Um, so it, it can wreak havoc in blocking schemes. Yeah. Um, you can get quick penetration into the backfield. Um, and that's what's tough, right, John, is like if you're a guard going to gap down in a power counter scheme possibly or even, you know, take your gap down step in your zone step in, in uh, typical zone read stuff is you might be predicting that the guy lined up in an inside shoulder might be shooting that inside shoulder, but if he cuts back across your face, that's where some early penetration can happen, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the idea. It can get you uh, quick TFLs if you can, uh, if you can make the play back there. Um, and you know, the, it, it's also nice too against read teams particularly because you can, um, you can use the play with the read. So again, we talked about this a bit last week, but we know, uh, we know essentially what, what the quarterback is reading or who he's reading. And, and what their action's going to be. It's going to tell them whether he needs to, uh, you know, hand the ball off to the tailback or pull the ball, you know, run around on the boot. So you can do things like, um, again, we can't, we can't always do the same thing. So while we generally want to keep the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands at times, we're going to have to get him to pull the ball. We're going to have to show him a give pull because we just can't stay static. So you can use these types of, um, you know, this line movement or single gap plug blitzes to, um, Essentially, to get them to force the ball, but force them to pull it and, you know, right into, let's say, a linebacker, an outside linebacker, or your invert, your, uh, you know, your slot defender, that sort of thing. So at least when he is pulling the ball and running with it, you know, it, it's controlled chaos, and that you've, you know, that it's going to happen. You're aware of what this, you know, this movement's going to do, what it's going to trigger, and you have someone that, uh, you know, is there to, to pull him when he shoots out. Well, I'll, I'll bring this one up, John, as sort of a popular play that that. Most of the people who listen to this podcast probably watch Ohio State being a majority from Ohio or, or pay attention in this last year to Chase Young will think about mm-hmm. the game in Penn State on fourth down. Penn State's down a point, right? I think they're at like the 40-yard line, and it's fourth and like three, 
and I'm pretty sure they just ran a simple read loop, and I, I think that Ohio State stunted Chase Young right into the give read. I, I'm pretty sure. Something like that is is what you're looking at is, and I'd have to go back and refresh that play, but this comes to mind. You're forcing a give read, or even if it's an automatic run, you're stunting across what you know you're stunning across the face it's just a it's a it's basically a ballsy call from a defensive coordinator saying I have an idea of what's going to come here I'm going to stunt my defensive line um, to sort of take that away if I'm wrong it might not it might be a 25 yard run mm-hmm. but if I'm right exactly it's a TFL so that's the kind of thing you're hoping for there is hey I have a really heavy second and medium tendency here Let's go ahead and call this. If we get this formation, we're going to go ahead and check to this real quick up front. That kind of thing is what they're looking for. Your next mm-hmm. point, John, here is playing um, single high coverage, right? So we say closed coverage is is an odd number of guys at the top of the at the top of the field. So single high coverage, one safety. What are the advantages to helping um, take away run heavy formations with single high? Yeah, so going back to um, a bit of what we talked about last week in uh, in the article. Um, you know, we, we have to account for gaps, and we need to um, we need to ensure a lot of people call it gapped out or gapped out in the box. So we have every single gap covered, whether it's you know blockers on the line of scrimmage, whether it's an inline tight end, a tight end in the backfield like a sniffer, um, a fullback. Um, we we have to play gapped out against this team. So um, easiest way to do that, frankly, is to um, you know is to have a down safety, a down safety, and a and a post or a deep safety playing you know cover one, cover three, uh, something like that. So, for myself, I don't. You can you can fit the run out of too high, but you're you're gonna have to do various things to um, essentially to bounce the ball because you're you're gonna be outgapped. If you have two safeties staying high, like in a cover four, or two man, or a Tampa two, uh, against a lot of what Baltimore does, you're gonna be a man short. You know, in the box, you're not gonna have enough defenders to cover every single gap. So. I, and there are ways to get around that, but with Lamar Jackson, I don't really want to do that. I just want to have that player down there right now, um, particularly with their heavier stuff. Um, there's a clip I post in uh, tomorrow's article, or today's article, I should say, um, where uh, the, the Ravens are in there. They have two tight ends. They have a fullback, a tailback. And you know, w- once the ball's been given, you see you know, a cornerback on one side, a cornerback on the other side, a free safety ready to run the alley, and past that, everyone is in the box attacking the line of scrimmage. And that, that's what I want it to look like. Um, and I just think that the easiest way to get there is to play a lot of single high. So, um, you know, next question, do you play more man? Do you play more zone? Um, obviously, you, you have to switch things up. Um, again, you can't stay static. But um, I, I prefer zone in these spots, yeah. frankly, because I, I want more eyes in the backfield. Yeah. I want... Yeah. Um, you know, Baltimore will. Um, they don't crack a place a lot where their their cornerback comes in and blocks a you know a linebacker or a slot defender, but they will do it. So your cornerbacks are going to be quicker to trigger when they're playing zone. And and frankly, and I have a couple uh, clips of this posted. I want there are times where when Jackson pulls the ball and uh, you know he gets away from you know your, your defensive lineman, um, your linebacker there. Um, I, I like that that inverter that that slot defender. I like them able to to help out to at least minimize the bleeding when it does happen. And again, we have a couple uh, clips where you're going to see he Lamar pulls the ball, he gets around the end that's supposed to play contain, but then you have your your slot defender because their their eyes are in the backfield rather than on their man's hip is what a man coverage. You know they're able to recover and at least hold him to you know a six eight ten yard gain. Which is that's what's crazy with Lamar is man you can play it perfectly. 
You can have everything squared away. You can get the read mm-hmm. you want him to read. You can have him pull the yeah. football or even make a mistake. And he has the ability to laterally escape and run away from you yeah. horizontally before getting vertical and turning, you know, what is traditionally a, a, a zero yard, negative yard gain into three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, seven. Like you said, that's why you have to have eyes in the backfield. If you get caught chasing too often, predictably chasing wide receivers running inside, then you're going to get, you know, you're out leveraged at that point. And that can happen too often. You have to do it again uh, mm-hmm. occasionally, like you said, but you can't do it all the time. So, um, the last thing for this point is is uh, for today's article is match moving gaps from the fullback. The, the, if you watch Baltimore enough, you will see that they so often run split zone looks with either a fullback or a tight end, or some people call that a U-back or a Y, uh, sorry, an H-back. Those tight ends who are in two-point stances who are pulling on the backside, whether sometimes they're pulling up and through and becoming the counter guy or sometimes becoming a kick-out-the-backside-end guy, they're all over the place. And Baltimore uses that misdirection wonderfully, and now that's the challenge, right, is you have to be able to match those gaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, uh, without it, – it's this is one that's a bit tough to explain without the uh, the visuals, but essentially where um, it's, it's a way in which we're, we're playing essentially call them fallback fits. So – my linebackers are reading the motion or the path of you know the fullback or you know if it's our Y off, our U, our sniffer. Um, essentially, they're they're going to fit a gap based on where this guy goes. So if he goes to let's say their right side, um, they're essentially going to fit an op- the next open gap to their right. If he fits to their left side, they're going to fit the next open gap to their left. So it's something where they have to they have to read and react. But um, it's I just think that with with what they do, it's it's the most effective way to uh, to do it to account for that because um, when, I just from what I've noticed when teams don't do this they uh, you know they end up outgapped at spots guys sneak out so I'm with it man the article for this one. yeah you have to and I'm looking at the bottom two videos on the article here that show and there are actually three of them that show uh, just how difficult it is to you know sometimes Baltimore's moving that fullback from a freaking lineman outside a wide i'm just glad they don't have juice check yeah. anymore just imagine if they had kept him around yeah. uh-huh. to uh to run this stuff with lamar and all of the really ridiculously not so fun for us but fun for them situations that they could they could bring up so um go read it guys it's it's fantastic insight into three different ways in which the browns are going to have to try to come up with ways to stop these guys we don't know yet we don't know if you heard Joe Wood's presser today, which um, Fred Greetham wrote up uh, some of the quotes from that. You can read that and get a feel for those quotes about some of the different unique things he's going to try to do. He's going to try to use some of his his days in Minnesota. He's going to try to use some of his days in Denver um, and some of his San Francisco stuff to form the best modern defense that he can find. He's going to try to use as many safeties as he can can effectively put on the field and minimize the responsibility of this linebacker group, which is going to be inexperienced and, and, and whole. And he's going to have to use some creative things. And we don't know. Look, we're just looking. John's using his experience to say this is some things that they're, they've done in the past and they're going to have to keep doing. Or here's some things that they could do in the future. But we don't, again, that's the tough part is this coaching changes mm-hmm. that happen. We don't know what these guys are going to run yet. It would be so cool when maybe a coaching staff, a D.C., or a guy who inherits the D.C. rule will keep the same sort of stuff around for three, four, five years. And then think about how detailed mm-hmm. we can get in this podcast. But for now, we use what we know from our experience. We use what we know from John and how he coaches defense and what he's seen the Browns run and other successful teams like the Bills run against the Ravens and gives you an idea 
of what this stuff will look like. So take the time out of your day. Go read this. It's a quick read. It's not that long. It's got great video analysis to go along with this podcast that can give you great insight on what they're going to try to do to contain what is the one of the most dynamic weapons in the league in Lamar. So, uh, yeah, take some time. John, thanks for joining us, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, Jake. Okay, that's a wrap for today and a wrap for this week. It was a short week with the holiday. Um, hopefully we got some stuff. Yesterday, Sobo was on talking about Jadevian Clowney, and we, we covered a wide variety of things over on the OBR Film Breakdown. We had the crossover with Locked On Browns. That was fun. Hopefully you guys listened to that. Uh, we appreciate the support, and some more things are going to keep coming out as we start to look at some of these players. I'm going to try to keep looking at players. Maybe something on Greedy Williams next week to give you an idea of how his rookie season went going into year two. John's going to keep pumping out these dynamic film rooms on how to defend the Ravens. And then maybe we'll move on to another team in the in the division at that point. Um, but we'll see. We're going to keep trying to get creative with this content as we go into the June, July dry months of this whole thing and try to figure out what the Browns season could look like, who they're going to be playing against the most, and some of the unique challenges that they will have. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for subscribing to this um, this channel. The YouTube channel would be great if you could subscribe there and get turn your notifications on for anything we post as that will continue to get more and more uh, traffic as we go. And... Um, Again, I've said it enough, but your support is greatly appreciated, and it is greatly appreciated for, for all that you have done for Lane uh, Atkins' situation, his wife passing. That The money raised has been astounding there, and um, whether you're listening to this and you haven't heard of it or you're listening to this and you've supported it or you've wanted to support it, but maybe fiscally you can't right now, and you anything helps. Kind words on Twitter, um, five bucks, whatever. He, he's a guy in need, and we need to take care of him. He's, he's a really good um, you know, he's a really good ambassador for all of the stuff we do on Twitter with the Browns, and he's been good to everybody else. So any chance to return a piece of kindness in a difficult time for him is, is uh, from, from ourselves here at the OBR. We want to thank you for that. So I hope everybody has a great weekend, and, um, you know, I hope, uh, I hope you take care of your family, take care of yourself. Should be some nice weather. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you again. Go Browns.